Well, Thanksgiving weekend. Tomorrow everyone goes back to work. For some of you, you say, we already went back to work. I had to be there Friday, had to be there Saturday, but pretty much everybody will be back to work tomorrow. By now, your turkey or ham or whatever you made has been eaten. I know not everyone does turkey or ham, but most do. Dressing, mashed potatoes, green beans are probably gone. Maybe there's a little bit left in your refrigerator, and that's Sunday afternoon lunch today. Unless you're helping to decorate, then you're getting something else. So if you're sticking around to help decorate for Christmas, we have lunch for you. Your football team by now has won or lost. May I say, it was a bad weekend for my football teams. If you're a lion or a wolverine or a wildcat, they all lost. Why is it all the animals lost this weekend? <laughs> Trying to figure that one out. Black Friday shopping. Many of you went out to that rat race and said, let's tackle it and go for it. Some of you sat home on your computer and let's just figure out, we'll order it. But that process has started and a lot of preparation goes into that. See, we do a lot of things to prepare for Thanksgiving. You're thinking about what are we going to cook? Who are we going to get together with? Whose house are we going to? We're at grandma's house, we're at mom's house, we're at dad's house, going over a friend's house. Who's bringing what side dish? I don't know about you, but preparations start a few weeks in advance for sure, figuring all of that out. Who's buying the turkey? Who's not buying the turkey? Has the turkey been put in the refrigerator to start defrosting? I can't tell you how many times Brandon reminded me, did you pull the turkey out? Did you pull the turkey out? It's got to defrost so that we're ready to go. There's a lot of preparation that goes into the holidays. But let me ask you a question. What kind of preparation went into your soul work when it comes to thankfulness? What kind of preparation goes into what's going on inside of your heart and inside of your mind? What I mean is, did you put all kinds of efforts into Thanksgiving festivities that really don't last and not even really take the time to stop and be thankful? Did you do some investigating into your heart of thankfulness. And how thankful are you day to day throughout the rest of the year? Or is it, oh, Thanksgiving comes. Yeah, God, I'm thankful for this. Yeah, God, I'm thankful for that. Oh, yeah, good thing. Let me send a couple messages to a couple people. I'm thankful. Or is it, no, that carries as a characteristic of who I am throughout the rest of the year. See, it's easy as a holiday comes to get all focused up and geared up. But then what about the rest of the year? I think Thanksgiving is a great primer and a great reminder to say, Man, is this me? Is this part of who I am? Or is it just a holiday and then you move on to the next thing of life and go, well, this is coming next. See, as Christians, it should be our goal to be transformed in the image of Jesus Christ, is it not? That should be our goal. I want to be transformed. I want to look more and more like Jesus. And as I look at Jesus, I see that Jesus was a very thankful person. Jesus offered up thanks to God on many occasions. And so if Jesus was a thankful person, then thankfulness should be part of who we are or what we're at least growing in and striving towards. We live in one of the most affluent societies in history. We have more stuff available to us at this time in history than we ever had in history in the world. We are inundated with advertisements that tell us that we don't have enough. And what we don't have enough, then they throw commercials at us and it's blasting our social media pages and it's in our emails that you need this, you need this, you need this. And all this stuff that we're told that we need and it, what it starts to be communicated is if you don't have all that stuff, then you'll be unhappy and not fulfilled until you have the latest and the greatest, newest gadget that's being offered out there today. 
And looking around, it's easy to fall in the trap of not being thankful for what we have and what we've already been blessed with. I mean, when the pilgrims celebrated the first Thanksgiving in 1621, there was only 44 of the original group that landed that still remained. Only 44, and they were thankful. Thankful for that? I mean, would you rather land in a freezing northeast or would you rather land in Florida? I think most of us say, hey, let's, let's hit that Florida beach, right? I mean, they nearly starved to death. Thankful, thankfully for them, the Indians jumped in and helped them out. What are you thankful for? See, today on this Thanksgiving weekend, I want us to consider what we can do to cultivate a characteristic of thankfulness where we live as people of thankfulness, where that is who we are as Christians. Turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3 or open your devices to Colossians chapter 3. This letter is written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote this letter to the church at Colossae. He's instructing them how to live as Christ followers. How do we live? He begins this letter with thankfulness saying, I'm thankful for you who are Christians and how your faith is growing. He moves on talking about how great the Lord is, the supremacy of Christ, and then he gets into practical living as Christians, and he gets very practical in Colossians 3. And so let's begin with verse 15 as we discover three keys to developing a heart of thankfulness. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule. Let me stop there for a moment. We see the word rule. And many times, as Americans, we buff up and go, oh, I don't like that. I want to stand against the rules. I, I'm not a rule follower. I'm a rule breaker. I set my own rules. I, I set my own standards. So let's change the word to what the real original meaning was. And it would be let the peace of Christ control. Let the peace of Christ control in your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. We find our first key in verse 15, which is a focused heart. For us to be thankful people, it takes a heart that is focused. We can get so distracted with all the things that are around us, it's easy to forget that we have a lot to be thankful for. We can get distracted by the job and distracted by health issues and distracted by this holiday season and all that comes with it. We are besieged with things in our society that are designed to keep us from being content, even though the Apostle Paul urged us in his other writings to learn to have the contentment of Jesus. For us to be thankful, we need to keep our hearts focused, and it is so important. We need to stay tuned to, tuned in to kind of the correct frequency, if you will. You hear all the local radio stations right now. Can you hear them? Can you hear the radios going on? You can't hear it, can you? We can't hear it because we don't have a tuner to listen in. They're present. You know there's radio frequency waves going on all the time. They're present right now that if we were tuned in, we could hear them. Now, don't turn your phone on and say, I'll get tuned in. I can hear it. But you know they're present all the time. One needs to have a radio, though, to tune in to get the frequency, to pick up the frequencies that are buzzing around us all the time in order to listen. Our hearts need to be tuned into Christ to stay focused. Our hearts must be tuned in. Verse 15 tells us that we need to let the peace of Christ rule, control in your hearts. The word rule, control, is a word that refers to a referee on the athletic field. The referee's job is to keep control of the game, to make sure that the players are playing within the standard of the game, within the rules of the game. The, the referee makes sure that they stay 
stay under control so that the game has continuity and the game has focus and the game has purpose and the game is played well. See, in the context of seeking unity within the church, the thing that is to control us is the peace of Christ. Our relationships should be controlled by that peace, which is more, more than the inner peace. It's a peace that Jesus offers. That he said in John 14, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, when you consider your own life, what are you controlled by? For some, we're controlled by fear. I can't do that. Why? I'm afraid. I can never accomplish that goal. Why? Because I'm afraid. Or some of us were controlled by emotions. Well, I feel this way. I think this way. And your emotions direct you. Some of us are controlled by circumstances. And if the circumstances go good, then things are going well. Some circumstances are going bad, then things are going bad. Some of us are controlled by other people. Well, I can't do that because that's going to affect this person. Well, I can't do that because she's going to have her feelings hurt. Well, I can't do that because that's going to bother him. And we're controlled by our other people. See, when our heart is not laser focused on a piece of Christ, we'll struggle with being thankful. We have to laser focus. When a piece of Christ does not rule or controls one heart, we will place our focus on several other areas of life. And those several other areas of life will let us down or we'll just ride the roller coaster of life where we'll be so much up and so much down because as things go well, I'm excited. As things go bad, I'm down. And that's how we live our life sometimes. When we allow outside influences to take control or take focus of the peace of Christ, then we will not be people with the characteristics of thankfulness. See, tuning in a radio station requires good distance, or having a serious uh, XM radio. Have you ever been driving down the road, listening to a radio station on your car, maybe listening to a ball game? For me, it's listening to ESPN. And you're listening to a ball game, you're driving down the road, and as you get further away from where that station is located, you start to get the static. For some of us in this room, you remember the day when you could actually turn the dial and keep finagling with it, maybe get it in for a little bit longer. But now with digital, you know, you, get, you hit it, and if it's not there, it's... Is not there. But as you get further and further away, the static sets in. Eventually, you lose communication. Let me tell you what I've learned about having peace. It's much easier to focus with the peace of Christ when you're closer to Christ. Much, much easier. See, the further away you get, the more static takes over. The further you drift away from Christ or confusion sets in or a lack of peace sets in. But when you focus in, then thankfulness will start to come. See, for some in this room today, you're, you may be struggling because you've just kind of have drifted from Christ. And may I suggest that Christ hasn't moved. He still sits on the throne. And God is still God. But as we draw close to Him, we hear Him more clearly and peace and thankfulness settle in. Let's look at verse 16. See our second key. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying we must live with a joyful attitude. One of the killers of being thankful is one's attitude. You think about a day in life when you're upset, maybe when you're angry. Or you're just not feeling love from people around you. What mindset are you in at that point? When you're getting angry, are you also thinking, yeah, I'm so thankful? 
When you're upset because things aren't going your way, are you also having a heart of thankfulness? Probably not, because maintaining a mindset of joy is not an easy thing to do, and there's so many things that can block out our ability to maintain an attitude of joy. Stop and think about it. Remember when I was talking about how difficult it is to tune the radio station farther away? The closer you are to the single, the easier it is to maintain that station. The easier it is to stay in tune. One of the ways to maintain and build an attitude of joy is to follow Paul's instructions here. And he says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. The word dwell means to be at home. Let the word of Christ be at home within you. The meaning of the instruction is that the word of Christ must be an integral, permanent part of our living. It must be a force that is inside of us and not just an outward performance or a routine of activities. We need to be able to do more with the word than just win a Bible trivia game. We need to let the word transform us into who we are. It's not about just having knowledge. Whenever you have someone living in your home, it changes your life. If you ever had someone move in with you for a week or two or maybe a few months or a few years, you know that life adjusts. Things start to change because you have someone new that's in your house. The Word should have such a significant impact on your life, and it will if you allow it to dwell within you. What is God's Word to you today? What kind of preparation? See, when we have joy, have an attitude of joy and thankfulness because of Jesus, we'll be led to worship Him. But what kind of uh, preparations do you put together for God's Word? See, when we are joyful and we're thankful, it's because God's Word is inside us. Thankful people can worship wholeheartedly. Gratitude actually opens our hearts to God's peace and enables us to love. Discontented people constantly calculate what's wrong with their lot in life. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And they have a why me attitude. See, to increase your thankfulness, take an inventory of all you have. Stop and, and take a step back and think about your relationships and think about memories and think about abilities and think about family and think about friends. Think about material possessions. Think about your relationship in Christ. Maybe take and write that down. Use that inventory as a way to pray so that your mind starts changing towards an attitude of gratitude. On Sunday before worship, just think about just today, what did you do today to prepare to come to this place? See, a lot of us, it's just the rat race of getting up and getting ready, getting breakfast and getting dressed, and let's get everyone in the car, and let's try to get there on time. What about a Sunday you started out Sunday morning with spending some time just thanking the Lord? Spending some time before maybe the rest of the family gets up, or spending some time in your bedroom before you go out to see the rest of the family, or even in your drive here, just ask the question of the family, what are we thankful for? What's our attitude? Because what Paul says here is that we will worship better when we come with an attitude that is thankful. He says to Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs to the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You know, we would change the worship experience at Centerpoint Christian Church if we practiced gratitude before we came. We would change it. Thankful people can worship wholeheartedly. Gratitude opens our heart to God's peace, able to put on love. Discontented people constantly calculate what's wrong. I, I, I think you can do an evaluation you can do an evaluation of your own heart today and say, am I a person of thankfulness and just how you approach worship? When you came into worship today, and as we're singing, were you engaged or were you enduring? 
Is worship something, well, I put up with it. Yeah, we're here singing. Okay, let's get on to the sermon. Was the attitude, oh, man, we're going to go in church. Okay, yeah, that's our routine. We do that every Sunday. Okay, yeah, we'll do it. Or was it, I can't wait to get to worship. I'm looking forward to worship. I'm ready to get in there. I'm ready to get engaged in worship. I can't wait for this to take, take place. Is it an anticipation mindset? Or is it, yeah, it's just kind of the Sunday thing I do. Because when we have an attitude of gratitude, we start and think about thankfulness. Paul says to us, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts, thankfulness then comes. Lastly, look at verse 17 for our third key. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Being thankful requires a proper perspective towards life what Paul is telling you. Why, why do you do what you do? What is the life supposed to be about? See, when I ascertain that life is all about me, then when things do not go my way, and the way I want them to do, then I get angry and I get frustrated. Stop and think about it. In this shopping season, I'm sure none of you have this problem. You, none of you probably drive down the road and yell at any other driver. I would never do that. None of you beep your horn when they don't take off quite fast enough or when they don't use their turn signal or when they're going 65 on New Circle Road and you want to go 70 and the speed limit's 55. You never get mad at those drivers. I'm sure none of us are guilty of that kind of thing. What happens? When things are not going my way, then I get frustrated. Go faster. Make the turn. Why'd you hold up? Why'd you not make it through that light? I should have made it through that light. Or as you're going through the shopping line, or you're going to the restaurant, the food's not just the way you want it, or the service is not the way you want it. Because if it's all about me, then if things are going well, I'm happy. But if things are going bad, then I'm upset. Paul's perspective says, whatever you do, rather than word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, it's not about me, it's about him. And I live for his glory. And I live for his honor. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And Jesus picked a couple things about clothing and food. They're very normal. He's like, you're worrying about all this stuff that is meaningless. He said that to us today. He said, it's not about your computer. It's not about your latest device. It's not about your iPhone. It's not about your social media account. It's not about this person said that or that person said this. It's not about your bank account. Quit worrying about all that stuff because it's about me, Jesus said. It's about glorifying me. Later in a chapter, Jesus tells us that God will take care of us if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Not seek first all the stuff of this world. And see, when we do that, that develops thankfulness in, inside of us. Everything the Christian says and everything they do should be done in the name of Lord Jesus, realizing his constant presence is bringing honor and glory to him in every aspect and every activity of daily living. Changes our purpose for living. Changes the way we walk in this world. We walk with the mindset that everything I do is for his glory. Everything I do is to honor him. It changes the way we think and the way we live. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul addresses this issue. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the what? For the glory of God. Whatever you do. See, when we grasp the perspective that our life in Christ is about reflecting Him 
in all that we do and as we serve in each every moment of life, we'll be able to be thankful because we realize that all we have comes from him. And it changes your mindset when you, when you go to work tomorrow. When you go to work and maybe you're working for a boss that is not quite so friendly or overbearing and go, I can deal with him or I can deal with her because I don't work for them, I work for, for God. Or when your boss comes and has you do a task that is maybe what you think below your level of where you're working and says, hey, I need you to clean some restrooms or hey, I need you to run the vacuum cleaner or hey, I need you to take the trash out. And you go, hey, that's great because I don't work for you, I work for, for God and you can clean a restroom to God's glory and you can take out trash to God's glory and you can help a neighbor to God's glory and you can serve your wife to God's glory and you can serve your husband to God's glory and you can clean up a, a spill to God's glory and for stay-at-home moms, you can change a diaper to God's glory. We can do all that to God's glory and when we have that perspective that everything I do is for the glory of God, what happens is we don't complain about it, then we start to change, we have perspective of thankfulness Inside of us, that's what Paul was telling us. We should be thankful that we can be in the family of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can be thankful that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the cross, the symbol of our salvation, we can be thankful. See, when life is more is more about than just me, life is much more fulfilling and joyful. When it's more about him and not about me, life gets really good. And so as we move on from the Thanksgiving holiday, let's not move on from being people who live with Thanksgiving. That should be something that's marked of every Christian. We do that by keeping a focused heart, by choosing a joyful attitude, by living in a proper perspective that we're living for his glory. And so I encourage you, church, as we now move into this rush of this holiday season, live with a heart of thankfulness. Treat people with a heart of thankfulness because in Christ we have so much to be thankful for. No matter what this life is throwing at you today, there are still things to be thankful for. Do not make Thanksgiving the only time you're thankful. Don't make it that. Let each day be be covered and laced in an attitude of thanksgiving to our great God who opened the door to the eternal life by Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, it's so easy, Lord, in this world to get consumed with the stuff of this world, the negativity of this world, the rat race of this world, the, the ups and the downs of this world, Lord, and be controlled by what's happening in our circumstances. Father, let us be controlled by a, a heart that is focused on the peace of Christ. Let us be focused in that peace of Christ and know who we are in Jesus. Lord, help us to walk in this world giving all glory to God. That we serve in this world with you in mindset that we're serving you no matter what we're doing. Father, help us to choose that kind of attitude. Lord, may this church, may the people of Centerpoint, may this body of believers here, Lord, may we carry the characteristics of Christ of thankfulness May that demonstrate the heart of Jesus to this community that we live in. Father God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we celebrate that now in communion. Lord, as we come to this time of communion, Father, you tell us this is a time to remember. And we remember what you've done for us in the cross. It's also a time to repent, which means we can make a U-turn. We can start again. And Lord, I pray that you help us to do that during this time. Father, we uh, 
honor you, we praise you, and we say thank you as we now celebrate in this time of communion. In Jesus' name, amen.